This is the Bob McCallum Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Darren Millard in for Bob this week. And today, as NHL training camps set to begin, including the Dallas Stars, who are in Austin, Texas, their American League uh, team's home city, home rink, and that's where the Dallas Stars will uh, have training camp, at least for now. Jim Nill's going to join us. And Darren... Um, you, you 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 learn about your friends. You learn who are your friends over decades around the National Hockey League. And Jim Neal is one of my favorite guys ever in the National I love League. hearing that because I, I don't know Jim that well. Uh, we've, we've never spent a lot of time together. But every time I'm at the rink and we run into each other, he's so kind. He treats me like we've been buddies for a long time. And and I've grown to uh, appreciate that so much that we have really cool conversations, not even about hockey, and we we aren't even that close. I, he's just a wonderful human being. I, I think there's a, a simple word to describe, one simple word to describe, Jim, and that is giving. Yeah. He is a giving person you know again you walk in the rink there he is you shake his hand and he'll tell you everything about his hockey club that you he thinks you need to know uh, at the same time he'll ask about how your family is um and he, the, he and he lives he, he lives a, a real life that's true to himself and to his family it i i can't get enough of jim Nail. if we could have jim Nail on every friday it would be a win-win truly would be a win-win do you not find it's a cliche, but do you not find that you you cheer for teams that are led by people such as Jim Nil? Well, I, I actually I I I I approached the game now that way all the time because it's because you you get asked. I mean, you refer. No, no, I no, I get asked. Who who do you cheer for? Are you a Canuck fan? Are you an Oilers fan? Yeah. I always get accused of not being a Leaf fan, but that's okay because I live in Toronto. You you don't like the Leafs. I worked yeah. for them for six years, goddammit, you know? But I I don't cheer for teams anymore. I cheer for people. Yeah. I cheer for people. So if it's, uh, you know, it's the Carolina Hurricanes versus uh, the Florida Panthers, I'm going, oh, my God, I have to choose between Don Waddell and Paul Maurice, you know? <laughs> that's that, And that's, that's, that's the way my world now works. It's not, I don't, you know, I don't have a, a home team. I don't have a road team. I cheer for my friends. Well, I, I told you during the Stanley Cup final, I didn't even go see Paul because uh, I know, I, didn't, I know, I I, I, which I find hard to believe. No, the one, I, it was the same thing with Jim or, or Pete, uh, Pete DeBoer. I didn't want to run into them because it was like, uh, uh, I, I'm I'm wearing this and you're wearing wow. that. And uh, I, I was didn't Why want anybody to feel uncomfortable. Put a piece of tape over the pin, you know? I like put the a piece pin. Of tape. I, I love our No, but when you're talking. It's oh. a it's a great pin. It's a great I also logo. think it looks like Star Trek sometimes. I try and talk to the to the bridge. <laughs> Beam me up. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. All right. <laughs> okay, enough of this stuff. Uh, Jim Neal, the general manager of the Dallas Stars, after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points 
on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to the McCown Podcast. Darren Millard in for Bob this week, joined by the general manager of the Dallas Stars, Jim Neal, who is in Austin, Texas. Who's, well, I'm not sure whether it's music or food. Oh, yeah, there's a hockey a training <laughs> camp there too, right, Jimmy? I mean, that's a heck of a town to have training camp in. Yeah, it's a little combination of everything. Now, you know, we like to get the guys uh, – when you have camp in your home city, you know, the veterans, they, they got their house there and they got their kids there. And you, you like to get the team out. You like Jamie Benz and Joe Pavelski's mingling with some of your young junior kids. So this gets the team out. Uh, they stay in the same hotel. They go to supper together. So it's a good bonding opportunity. So where where do you see your team in the Central Division right now? Well, I think we're in the mix uh, with all the other teams, uh, you know, Got some holes. We got some question marks. Uh, you know, if, if a couple of our young defensemen uh, step up and grab it, I think we're in a really good spot. Uh, I, th I think up front we can be as good as anybody. We got four, four pretty solid lines, good depth, and uh, and our goaltending is good. So so we're in the mix. Let's get the games going. You know, you gotta gotta stay healthy. You gotta get a little bit lucky, uh, but we're in the mix. How are you at the start of a season? Um, are you a nervous uh, guy? Are you overly optimistic every year? Or what's the Jim Nil uh, gut check? I'm I'm pretty realistic. Uh, I, I I try to be patient. You know, there's a lot of unknowns. You know, I always tell people you got to plan A, and then you got to plan B, C, and D, and usually end up in D somewhere along the way. So yeah, yeah, you kind of learn that over the years, and. Uh, uh, once again, you, you try to get as much homework done as you can in the summertime because it's hard to do a lot in the wintertime unless you're going to start making major trades. So we think we addressed a lot of our concerns. Um, but like I say, now players got to go do it. We we got a, we had a good meeting last night, and uh, you know, now it's up to them. It's in their hands. What meeting with the organization, with the team, uh, the players, coaches? Or... Yeah, we meet with the whole organization, the the, the, okay. the coaches, the players, everybody, uh, get our staff together. And we have a nice meal. We have a nice big meeting, and then we we have a nice meal afterwards. Yeah. What uh, what was your biggest concern in the offseason? I would say it's probably our defense. Um, you know, you always worry a little bit about your depth. You can never have enough defensemen. We were pretty lucky last year with injuries, didn't have any major injuries. Uh, so it's really but probably our back end. We, we, you know, when we signed Matt DeShane, uh, Craig Smith and Steve Stillett, or uh, Steel, that really solved kind of our uh, forward situation. Mm -hmm. So, so we're in a good, good spot there. Uh, if I, I, as I mentioned, Thomas Harley and uh, Nils Lundqvist, if they take that next step, we're in a good spot. Uh, if we're not, we might that might be something we'll have to address later during the season. Harley gave you a good, good, solid look at his at his game. No, he did. He, he's a good player. It's time. It, you know, we kept him down in the minors uh, for a good reason. He needed to go down. Just you know, these young kids have to play. We're in such a rush to get guys up, and they have to play. 
so we kept him down there and it was the best thing for him. And even at the year end meetings, it was great to talk to him. He said, you know what? It, it was the best situation I've ever been in. And so that's good to hear that you did the right thing. And uh, Nils Lundqvist just turned 23 years. He's a young defenseman. He really just played 60 games in the NHL. So now, you know, he gets that extra opportunity. So like I said, if those guys grab it, which I think they will, then it's, then we're sitting pretty good. You, you know, it was a year ago, you were in a terrible contract hassle with Jason Robertson. I mean, it was not a fun time to be in your space or, or Tom's space when trying to negotiate the deal. But when you look back, those two kids, Robertson and Johnston, what they did for your team and how it changed the personality and for years to come truly was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. That really, those that two seventeen draft really kind of changed the direction our franchise was probably heading. You know, we've well, I, this is my eleventh year. I you know, eleven years ago when I came here, it was Jamie Ben, and we made the trade for Sagan, and we brought in Spezza and Patrick Sharp, and kind of patched it together and got things going pretty good. Uh, you know, and then guys start to age out, and you know, Jamie Ben and Sagan now they've been in the league for ten plus years, each of them, and so they're getting on that back third type of thing. So you don't know what's your next, what's your next move is going to be as a team. What's your next, uh, you know, are you, are you trending up, you're trending down and you're staying flat. Uh, and then this 217 draft and that, that was with Miro Haskin and uh, Ottinger and Robertson that really changed our franchise. You know, you, really they're, they're impactful players at each position, which is huge. Uh, and then you throw in the Rupe hints came in a year before that, uh, and then you mentioned Wyatt Johnson, and it really changed our franchise. You know, what direction were we going to go? And uh, they've given us a nice push. And we got a good mix. You know, we got the older guys. You know, you start talking about Joe Pavelski and the Bens and the Suiters, uh, kind of the older guard. And then you throw in kind of the next group of guys, the Bens and the Sagans, who are in their 29s and 30s. And then all of a sudden, these young kids come in. It's, it's really been a good mix. And it, uh, like I said, it really helped change the direction we're going with the franchise. Have you taken yourself back to the to the table in, in 2017 and options that you maybe had or conversations that you had outside of the players that you that you ended up picking that become a core part of the franchise? Yeah, we, we do that every year with our draft in our draft meetings. Actually, go back and say, okay, who would we have picked? You know, back in 2014, da 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 type yeah. of thing. So yeah, we've done that, and and you know, you got to get a little bit lucky sometimes too. You know, part of that trade, how we got Ottinger, was that was we traded Patrick Eves to Anaheim, uh, Muddy Ducks, and part of the condition was they had to win. They had to get to the uh, second, second or third. I think it was the third round of the playoffs, and Patrick had to play 50 percent of the games. Well, it ended up. They did get to the third round. He got hurt in in the game that counted as the fiftieth game. So fifty wow. percent. So if he misses one game before that, we don't. <laughs> it's a second round pick instead of a first round pick. So a lot of things you got to get lucky sometimes too. So uh, like I said, it worked out well for us. That's a great story. And I thought I, I thought only Doug McLean was the guy looking back at every draft saying, "Oh, I should have taken Kopitar." <laughs> I should have. <laughs> you know, it's my, a good my scouts. I trusted my scouts one more time. Look what happened to me. <laughs> it, it's a great process because it's, you know, it gets the scouts thinking, you know, because you're always, you always, there's always certain arguments at a draft. It's size versus skill. It's, you know, hockey sense versus this. So it's always great to go back. And the trouble is the more years you're in it, almost the harder it gets because you're through your experiences. You see the small guy that played, but you know, there's 10 that didn't play also. So it's always a, it's always a great exercise to go through.
Where are you on the size skill divide right now? All over the map. Um, yeah. You got to have size and skill. You, you got you to have skill. I always, I kind of always see, you almost have to have two teams. You got to be skilled enough to get in the playoffs. And then you got to be strong and have enough size to survive in the playoffs. You, you lived it with Vegas. You Vegas, saw yeah. you know, it. You, it's, it's a, it's a 28 game battle to you know you you've got to <laughs> it's not easy and it, it's a battle and it's a war and uh so you got to have the size you got the strength but you also have the skill to get there and the skill to win it so it's it's always a it's a constant conversation we have um but size does come into play say what you want it is it is part of the equation so with your scouting staff i mean uh, how many games of draftable kids do you watch a year live? Not very many anymore. You know, when I was in Detroit, you know, this is where you you got to change your management style. When I was in Detroit, I could be in the office uh, all day and then go across the border to Windsor or up to Sarnia mm -hmm. or University of Michigan or under 18 team in Ann Arbor. They were all half an hour away. All of a sudden I get the job in Dallas and everything's a two to three hour flight. And uh, so in the end, I've learned, you know what, that's why they, they, they put that manager in that too, general manager, you are a general manager. Uh, my job is mm -hmm. to hire good people and to manage them and nurture them. And uh, that's what I've done. I've got a great head scout and Joe McTonnell has done a great job. And, uh, you know, those guys, are, they're our lifeline. Yeah, they, they're very important. So you defer every time? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll watch the guys. You know, I'm, I'm in the meetings. I watch the guys. I'll watch tape. Uh, now, if we had a top 10 pick, if we were picking up a top 10, different story. I'd probably go out there a little bit more and see somebody. But I, I really trust Joe. We've been together going back to Detroit days and, and the rest of my staff. I, I totally trust them. They've done a great job. Uh, I And I learned when I was in that position where Joe is, the worst thing was when a general manager or somebody in the front office come out and saw one game, and it might have been the worst game of the kid's career, and now the judgment's made. And you got to be very careful that way. got to be real careful. So when we sit here and you talk about 2017 and the three guys you got that are cornerstones of your hockey club, it, you know, really we should be talking to Joe. Joe's a guy. <laughs> I, I did. I actually, that year we were, we missed the playoffs that year. So I did go to the under 18s and I saw Miro over there. So I went, yeah. that was uh, in Slovakia that year, but no, Joe, it's Joe and his staff. They're the ones that they pull the weight. I gotta, I gotta tell you. Uh, I and, and maybe it's where you play and how many times you're on national television in either country. Uh, but I've been fortunate to watch them watch Dallas play a little more because of when I see them play the Oilers and a few of the other games in Winnipeg. Merrill Heiskanen does not get any near the credit <laughs> that he deserves as a elite hockey player. Forget about defense, elite pure hockey player does that frustrate you no I, I guess it frustrates me for Miro's sake I want him to get credit for who he is and what he does uh but it's I we understand it's a little bit the market it's a little bit the tv coverage but what you said he is a he is a great hockey player he's uh, I always tell people um uh, he's a combination of Nick Lidstrom and Scott Niedemeyer is what he is you know I was fortunate all those years to be with Nick Lidstrom he's got Nick Lidstrom's stick and his head and he's got Niedermeyer's legs and uh actually when we when we were drafting him uh Igor Larionov was his agent back then he was working uh, with the agency that had him and 
when I I got a good relationship with Igor, and that's he just kept saying he's he's got Nick he's Nick Lidstrom. He, he plays with the same head as Nick Lidstrom, and, and he does. And that's I'm I don't like to make comparisons because Nick Lidstrom I I respect him so much, but Miro he is a he is a special player, special special player. As as an aside, I I there was a single game in Edmonton where um, I'm not even sure who the coach was at that point in, in your world, but that you guys decided to shadow Connor with Miro Heiskanen. I think it was, it was before, I know it was before COVID and yeah. it was, might've been Miro's rookie year. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I couldn't stop watching him and he, he just shut Connor McDavid down and he did a magnificent, and he, and he stayed with him step for step all over the ice. It was absolutely one of the greatest individual efforts on a defensive side of the puck I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I, I remember that game. I think Connor was coming in. I think he was on a big uh, point streak then. And uh, and Miro, and then that's Miro. That's what he does. He's such an effortless skater. He just just can glide in. He's got a great stick. And he takes a lot of pride in his defensive game. And that's what's nice about last year. You know, we had some changes to our back end. You know, we lost John Klingberg. And uh, and John was kind of our power play guy. And now it, now Miro took that over and we saw he ended up with 70 plus points last year. And so he's just starting to grab that part of the game. So here, here's the positive. Um, last eight years, eight different Norris trophy winners. So we can, we can just move Miro into that mix <laughs> and, and make it. Uh, he make he it should nice. have been in at the last, he should have been in the, but I, I think he was you ninth in the voting this year. It's a, yeah, it was embarrassing. Yeah. And but I, I'll go back to the bubble. He he we we talked about him a ton in the bubble. And, yeah, yeah. And so I'm surprised that he's he's not. I I I love the Western Conference, but uh, I'm surprised he's not more talked about nationally. Yeah, and a little bit of his style, the way he plays. He's so effortless. You really yeah. you know. You know, another great play, Kale McCarr. You know those two guys. That should at the draft. You know that's another great story because those two guys they were neck and neck, and that was a, it was a tough decision. I, I knew Kale McCarr well. I went to watch him up in Brooks, is close to my hometown in Hannah, so I got to know him well also. And both great players. I'd say McCarr's got a little more flash to him, so he gets you, know, you might notice him more. But Miro's right there with him, and uh, they're both great players. And there's a lot of good defensemen out there. A lot of good defensemen. So as a uh, as a manager. Uh, in this off season, you, you, you touched on McCarr. So the avalanche are, you know, they're tweaking things and Barry Trotz is now the manager in Nashville. He's tweaking things and was pretty active at free agency. Every manager says, I can only worry about my team. Every manager says, I can't worry about what other teams do, but how much attention do you spend on other teams, particularly in your division and particularly in your conference? I spend a lot of time. I think it's important to know where your competition is. You know, I'll give you an example. We just came from Traverse City where you you bring all your prospects in and it's a great tournament. All these prospect tournaments are great tournaments. And I love those tournaments for that reason you just said. I want to see what's what does St. Louis have coming up? You know, right. have they got four or five studs coming along and I'm like, uh oh, we're going to be in trouble here if we're not careful. Uh, how do our players stack up to, uh, you know, to Nashville. Um, so that's very important. And, uh, you know, you, I think you need to know your, your opposition You need to know what they're doing. And, uh, that's a big part of our business. Do you like, uh, the prospect tournament in the fact that it puts everybody right in the games or would there be a mix if you could do it perfectly? What I like about the prospect tournament, and this goes way back, Kenny and I, we kind of Traverse city. That's how we got going. Started it, right. 
we started it. What it was, yeah. we, we'd sit at Joe Lewis Arena and we'd have training camp and we'd bring in, you know, a young Wyatt Johnson and he'd get on the ice with Nick Lidstrom and Brendan Shannon and Steve Eisenman. And how can they show what they can do? You know, the, first of all, they're nervous. They respect these guys. They're too weak physically. They're mentally, they're probably weak. They're rattled and stuff. So how do you judge these kids? So we sat there and said, you know, we moved the, our camp up to Traverse City after winning the cup in 95 or 96, camp, 97, I think it was. We moved the training camp up to uh, Traverse City. And we sat there and said, you know what, why don't we, how can we evaluate our kids better? And that's when we said, you know what, let's let's start this prospect tournament. And so we invited, I think it was Chicago, ourselves and Minnesota and maybe St. Louis came in that year. So we had four teams and we started this tournament. We had to refine it a little bit. You know, the first couple of years was a bunch of tough guys and a bunch of fights. We had to get rid of that. So we put in some rules to get rid of that. We put an age bracket on it and uh, we finally got it refined to now where I think it's a perfect situation. You've got kids coming from all over the world who haven't been to a training camp yet and they get to come in with their own age group get to compete against each other they're they've all got some weaknesses they're a little bit too weak or whatever or whatever it is but at least they're against their own peers uh right. age-wise in that memory serves buy in right away from from managers and other teams or did you have to convince them that this is what you wanted to do uh once we we talked to the teams and they got they they, they agreed they, they were having yeah. the same issues you know we all got the same issues how do we evaluate our kids you know we're trying to they're not, you can't put them in exhibition games yet. They're not quite ready. Uh, you want to see, you know, we just drafted these guys. You want to get them to mm -hmm. training camp. And, you know, that's how development camps came along now too. You know, we, we used to just plunk these kids right into training camp, the poor kids, and it's sink or swim. And uh, you might've bypassed some guys. And and it was another, other chance with that too, was we brought in some trial guys. We signed Sean Avery that way, brought in Sean Avery. He wasn't drafted, brought him in and ended up signing him and boom, he had a good career. So it just gives you a, I think there was, we probably signed one guy out of every uh, prospect tournament that we had and they didn't all make it, but they, uh, Joel, uh, Joel Ward, he came to our prospect turn for three years in a row. He was at going to university in New Brunswick and uh, he'd played junior and then junior was over. Where does he go next? He wasn't quite ready to turn pro. He went, I think it was the university of New Brunswick. We brought him in for three years straight. Boom. All of a sudden he turned pro. I think Nashville signed him after those, mm. one of those camps. Rest is history. Had a great career. PEI, by the way, John John uh, uh, Doug McLean would uh, would be. Oh, yeah, I'd be. Oh, I'm in trouble. We're, yeah, we're gonna get a text anyway. We are. Denver, yeah. Forget about even if we correct it. We're gonna get. A, we're gonna take. Actually, my mem my memory of Traverse City is, uh, um, I think your team had Jamie Ben and James Neal on it. I yes. think, and and uh, and. Uh, the St. Louis Blues had Alex Petrangelo, Ben yep. Bishop, and T.J. Yoshi. That's correct. So, yep. if, if there aren't five good reasons to have have a prospect tournament, yep. that was it. And because every that was an eighteen tournament. That was that was yes. a marathon. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. No, you, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, you if you go through the alumni that played there, it's amazing. Kovalchuk was there, Rick Nash. I just saw it's funny you mentioned Ben Bishop, but you know, Ben's with us now. So he this was his first time back to Traverse City since playing in it. And he was telling those stories. Uh Rick Nash was up there. It's it's amazing the alumni that uh, played in that tournament. I remember Jamie Ben, I remember that year. I think they won it that year. Jamie Ben and and uh, James Neal, they dominated, just dominated. And uh 
So and here I saw swing. you wanted to go to the tournament to, just to play golf. I mean, there's some I great golf too. courses up there. Yeah. yeah. No, I do. We're not pulling out of it. We, we always talk about, oh, should we, you know, the travels a lot and stuff. I said, oh, no, we're not. So when I'm done, somebody can pull out of it. I'm, I'm not pulling out of it. <laughs> and, 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 and Jimmy, there's that there, there's that great roast beef restaurant downtown, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. And, and you, know what, you know what's unique? Really, Traverse City, it's hard to uh, duplicate it because it's all locals uh, donating their time. It's, right. they, they 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 run the tournament and uh great people up there a great city and uh it's hard to duplicate because it's it's a community involved event this is uh jim nail the general manager of the dallas stars that's darren millard i'm john shannon mccowan podcast continues after this welcome back to the mccowan podcast darren in for bob this week jim nail the general manager of the Dallas Stars is kind enough to give us some time. Jimmy, are, are, are you a fan of the game like us? And all we're doing is praying and hoping that the cap goes up next year. Because <laughs> that's all we, because, <laughs> we, and by the way, it's always next year and next year and next year. So, I mean, yeah. God, the cap's got to go up next year. Yeah, got to go up. Now, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it does too. Now, now something just to kind of, I don't know if you're Debbie Downer or something. If it goes up, what's going to happen is this is my philosophy is it's going to go up. The star players are going to get that bump in the cap. So you're still going to have the same issues. I think you're still going to, we're all going to want still more cap room to build, add another player to add another depth player and stuff. But what's going to happen. The star players that are making 8 million are going to make 10 million now. And they're going to eat up that two, $3 million jump, but that's the way the cap works. And those star players should get played. They're the ones that put the fannies in the seats. One one of the things that uh, has amazed me as I followed the the salary caps from the start to the end. That's how uh, old I am. Is it used to be you'd have some teams that were near the the bottom, in the middle tier with an internal cap, and a couple of teams that would spend right right to the to the ceiling. Now it's like everybody spends to the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's and that's created the parity. It's that's yeah. what makes the games game so great. The game's never been better. You know, just in our meeting last night, we were talking about that. There, there's no nights off. It, it uh, you know, look at the Atlantic Division, Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo. Like that division now, like it's 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 changing now. And uh, the top teams, they're still good teams, but that's going to tighten up so much now. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's great for the league, great for the fans. You see great hockey. Who do you think your biggest rival is? I would say it's probably St. Louis and Nashville is who I would say. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we've played Nashville quite a bit in the playoffs and we've had St. Louis a couple of times. You know, last time was when they won the cup. We went in the second round game seven, double overtime. Um, those are probably our two biggest rivalries. I think down the road, once Chicago gets better again, they'll also be in that mix. And then yeah, you always Nashville's got the, Oh, sorry. You always got the kind of the love hate of the Minnesota Dallas synergy too so well that yeah, that was were... awesome to see too yeah yeah that's yeah what we saw there and nashville had the outdoor game i mean there was there there was that bond yes. yeah 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 uh, it's uh it's it's one of those ones where i i think i mean uh, darren uh, where he lives is in the same boat it's it's not like the old days of well it's calgary edmonton or toronto montreal yeah. i i think i think there's now a handful of teams at certain points of the season. I think the Dallas Nashville rivalry is really good, but you know, I mean, I think you can pick your poison. Remember there was a time it was Dallas and Colorado. Yeah, no, they so were, well, and they even were, they were hard and heavy. 
No, oh, real hard now. There's some vicious, you know, we're even, you know, Tom with Darren, we're, we've played Vegas now, you know, it was in the bubble, played them in the third round. Now we played them in another third round. There's no, there's no love lost there either. Uh, you know, so it's, like I said, there, there's some great, great matchups around the league. You um, like divisional playoffs uh, uh, and, um, and what we've seen uh, with, with that try to inst instigate some rivalries? Yeah, I I do for different reasons. I I, yeah. I like the one date. I've lived that too. Um, and I like the division. The reason I like the division, and then I, I I'm worried about my team. You know, I get a little bit selfish. I worry about travel. Um, you know what happens? You, you might have the worst travel in the league. Really, you might yeah, have the we're, worst. Yeah, we're we're. It's interesting. Every time I I sign a player from out east or I get a new coach in, they're shocked at the travel. We get in it. Every day we're every every road trip we're in at two thirty three in the morning. It's just the way it is. You know we got St. Louis and Nashville are our closest teams. They're uh, one and a half hours, and then everything else is two plus hours wherever we go. Yeah. So it's tough. So when you talk about you know getting back to that conversation, if we end up having a well, it happened to us this year, and we got to the second round, we had to play Seattle. You know you're talking four mm. hours of flights, and that that's gets to be a grind after a while. And so if you uh, the way it was set up before. Uh, Dallas came back to the central they were in that Pacific division and you're talking about playing Seattle the next series you might be playing LA like that that's tough and I lived that in Detroit and it it cost us some series where uh, you know it, it's it is a grind hard to imagine Toronto and Montreal or Toronto and Detroit being in the Western Conference for all those years yeah. wasn't it it is a, it is amazing you think about it it is amazing yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I mean and, and even from a business perspective every you know, every second game on your local TV package starts 8.30, 9.30. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's, it's hard to sell the game. It, it tell, also tells you that how great hockey is in those two markets, Toronto and Detroit, that yeah. uh, people still watched. People still, still watch, were yeah. fascinated. But yeah, it, 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 was, it was one of those things. Do you – could you endorse just a 16-team Western division, or, or do you like – Conference, Western Conference, or do you like the division play? I like the division play too, and just kind of what we talked about, you know, because TV is an issue for us. You know, we if when we go to the West Coast and play the LA's and Anaheim's, you know, people can't watch it. It's hard, and uh, so when you got the division, you know, we're playing St. Louis, Nashville, the same time zones. Uh, that is important for us business wise. Uh, be honest, too. Uh, I'd, I'd never lived in the Pacific time zone before, uh, before moving to Vegas. And the idea that every game, if it's out of the time zone is earlier instead of later, it right. has been a real boom to my sleep pattern. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's tough. It, it is tough. So, um, you talked about your dinner last night with your guys, everybody's there. Um, and I, I, I don't expect you to tell us any secrets here, but obviously one of the topics would have been Mike Babcock and you know, Mike, yeah. Um, I, I'm sure it was a, a difficult time for anybody who knows Mike. Um, but there has to be a conversation and lesson learns from what Mike has gone through and what the jackets have gone through. How, how does it affect another team in the NHL? How do, how would it affect your team? Well, you know, I think we're always, we're always learning. Uh, you know, it's, you know, we came out of the bubble. We had that diversity inclusion committee. I was actually on that and stuff. So, we're we're no we're no different. Our game, our business is no different than the rest of the world. And uh, you're always learning. You're always evolving. 
uh, we've all made mistakes and we need to understand how do we handle those things. And so, I, you know, those are conversations we have in the organization all the time. And it's, it is important. And, uh, you know, and we've hired different staff to help us to walk through these things. Where do we need to get better? Uh, where are we missing uh, situations? So, uh, you know, those situations are tough. Uh, I think the most important thing is you have to learn from them and uh, learn from them, get better. And that's what we have to do as a society. Is, is it as simple as saying that the athlete in 2023 is different than the athlete in 2003? Yes, they are. I, and I don't know if it's saying the total athletes. I just think society is different. And then now the athletes are part of that society. But the new generation, yes, it is different. It's no different. I think, you know, you and I kind of the same age when we grew up, we looked at our grandparents and said, boy, what are they thinking? And <laughs> yeah. they would have been the same, same, same thing about us. Now we're doing it to this next generation. So, you know, generations change, society changes. And uh, so you just, uh, you have to adapt to it. And and yet, you know, it's funny, Jimmy, you say that because um, as we heard about the stories going on in this scenario, um, I thought of one guy and I and I thought of one guy that it would never happen to because he was so relatable to every person in his organization. And that was Roger. That yeah. would this Roger yeah. was so far ahead of his time. Yes. In so yeah. many ways, I mean, yeah. tactics, but how yeah, he everything. treated other people. Don't you yeah. think? No, he was. I, I was fortunate to play for him in Vancouver. Uh, no better man and no better coach. He was, you know, you talked about the personnel side of it. Yes, he, he had a feel for that. And then you talk, you know, you know, Captain Video. Well, everybody kind of laughed at him about it. And now what are we doing? We're all, we all got three or four video coaches and analytics and stuff. That was Roger. Rogers had analytics back then. He, he was doing it. Uh, but you are right the way he treated people. Everybody, he, he had a great feel for, uh, you know, we all get different personalities. Somebody's having a bad day. He kind of had a feel for that. And uh, and if there was somebody that was a little bit of a off the wall, he found a way to deal with that person. He just, he had a great, great knack for that. But even when he got mad, even when he got mad, it was, gosh, darn. Oh, guys. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew you were in trouble. I think it was like that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I uh, dropped a gosh. Uh, was Roger <laughs> Nielsen the guy that 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 talked to you as a, as a player every day or found there wasn't four or five assistant coaches then? No, he, he, had, he had maybe one assistant coach. He had a great knack. You'd, you'd play a game the next day. You'd come into the dressing room and he, he had a summary of the game. And he made sure that every player had something in there that was positive. You know, really? I, was, I was playing the fourth line. I was a fourth line penalty killer. He'd find a way to say Jim Neal blocked two shots or he drew a penalty, like little things. It wasn't goals and assists because I, I wouldn't get my name up there. But he uh, he found a way just to make everybody feel part of it. He, he had a great knack that way. Great knack. I don't, I don't know, Jimmy. You scored a pretty big goal in Chicago in 82. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ender. <laughs> in today's world <laughs> and that darren just so you know those are the days that jim neal was viewed as the second best player out of han alberta that's right right yeah yeah yeah, Lanny. yeah you see, but, the, the but you big see joke Lanny was, got a whole yeah go ahead the big joke at my year-end junior meeting, junior get-together was uh, ever since uh, Landon McDonald, Hannah's produced nil. 
<laughs> is Nickelback not from Hannah as well? Yeah, Nickelback. Actually, it's a big town of about 2,800 people. You got Nickelback, you got Lanny McDonald, you got Blake Nill. Uh, my cousin played NFL football and he's he's coaching in college uh, up in uh, BC right now. Um, and then uh, Darcy Tucker. Jim I, yeah, Jim Nill. Darcy Tucker. I played with Darcy Tucker's dad. We played junior B together now when I was 15. Yeah. So, so and then there's... Towns put uh, put signs up outside, like home of Jim Neal, home of like th there's got to be a lot of billboards outside Hannah. There was that. I, I just heard they took it down because they're they're worried about, you know, the big nickel back and all this Somebody's worried about it's going to be too much of a distraction, so they pulled it down. Is what I heard, but, uh, but yeah. But it's, yeah. So, by the way, by the way, did you see Lanny got a hole in one the other day? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, one of my Joe McDonnell. Speaking of Joe, Joe texted me and said, "Oh, he's one up on you." So I was yeah. like, yeah, "Thanks, Joe." <laughs> you <laughs> Joe said, had one, Yes, I have. Traverse good. City, actually. Yeah, good old Traverse oh, yeah, City. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. As I said, the, the hockey's secondary to everything that happens in Traverse City. <laughs> we, all know, we all we all know that. Yep. Hey, um you're you, there were rumors out there last summer that you know that uh, maybe you were going to uh look and as you said we're about the same age sometimes we have to hang it up um <laughs> how long do you want to do this you know i i love the game the game's been great to all of us as we all know uh, i love the game i still got the passion uh i've been very fortunate my health's doing well so uh you know as long as my family's comfortable with me doing it we'll keep chugging along uh, but, uh, you know, got a good team. Uh, so I've been pretty fortunate. So right now I, I, I still got the bug in me. So and how do you relate, how do you relate to the young guys? What is the key to relating to, you know, why Johnston? Why, what's the, are all the kids, I mean, when you shake those kids' hands at the draft table, I mean, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's been, you know, it's just talking to him and spending time with him. Uh, I just find you sit down and talk to him. You know, I, you know, I make sure I get to know their family, their mom and dad. I think that's important. Uh, you know, getting, you know, the mom and dad's come down. You know, we have these Father's Day trips now on that. And those things are outstanding. You get to, you know, Jason Robert, you know, you talked about the start of the show, talked about my, the fun I had with getting Jason Robertson signed. And, uh, you know, his his dad's sitting back there. His dad's actually a lawyer. And uh, so I know that he's part of it. Pat Brisson's the agent, but I know his dad's involved in stuff too. And, uh, I remember I had I I did a phone call with the Robertson family to say hey I just want you to know we, we care about your son here's what we're trying to do so don't think it's we're against you we're trying to make this work and I got to know Hugh Hugh Robertson and actually I just I was just down in Detroit here about three weeks ago went for lunch with him we didn't even talk hockey we talked for two hours I've got to know him as a person unbelievable man uh, what he's done in his life he was born in Detroit and I've found out his whole life and we talked about him driving with his three dogs and the dog chewing his leather seats and it, it was just it was just great conversation and we've become best friends a lot of it is because of this uh these father's day trips you know got to get to know him and saw a different side of him uh you know and and it's not about the hockey now it's just about family you know they've got he's got a son over in berlin who's doing very successful so you just you hear the whole stories and uh I think that's a big part of it, uh, just building relationships and, and showing you care about both the players and their families. How many times have you made a call like that during negotiations to a family uh, to explain what is happening? I love I love that story. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, 
I, I can't say a lot, not a lot of times, mm-hmm. but this one was starting to drag on and, and we're getting, we're getting down to a deadline that is a tough deadline to start of the season. And that changed the whole dynamics of negotiations. And I wanted to explain that to him. I wanted them to understand our, you know, they've got to represent, they got an agent working for them and, and they should have. And I just want to make sure they know our side of the story too. And, and we're not against the player that, you know, that, just because we can't get a deal done, we're not against them. We have factors we got to fill in. And so I just like to be upfront with people and, you know, say, here's our situation. Here's what we're trying to do. And understand, yes, we care about your son. We have from day one and just walk through it and, and let, let them ask some questions, you know, mm-hmm. why this or why that, you know, why is, why are you talking three years instead of five years or eight years or so you just, I'd like to give them that opportunity, but I, I can't say I do it a lot. But this was a special situation where it was getting down to the deadline. The the father's trips are great. Uh, I had uh, a moment, though, last year. Uh, we did ours, Nashville and St. Paul, and went curling. And it was it was fun. But I had a father, I won't name him, uh, came up to me. and he, I'm older than him. Like, that's, that's a moment. And he said, I grew up watching you in sports. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just going to go back to the hotel and drink. Right now. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Based <laughs> on the how the years go by. Exactly. They go yeah. by. Yep. Uh, that. It, by the way, and you're the youngest guy on this show. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just made it worse for everybody else. <laughs> no. I, 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 no. I will tell you though, and and uh, as a player, you know, it, you know, the '80s were a different time. There's no question. Yes. But as a player, I mean, we got a much better chance in our jobs to get to know people. And that's where I yes. first met you. Yes. You know, right. they, on yeah. those, on those, on those eighties Canucks teams, that's the, teams, and, that's and right. it was, yeah. you know, there was, there was not a disparity in incomes really. Right. Um, that's right. And you know, there wasn't charter airlines and there wasn't security and there, the buildings weren't yeah. such that the players couldn't be seen other than in the parkade or walking to the ice. Uh, right. It, 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 there was a real human aspect to the game, and I, I'm not saying it's better or worse. Worse, no, but, no, but it it is a factor. Yeah, it's just but different. you created you, you created relationships, just like you were talking about yes. with parents. Yeah, 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 and and I just that's kind of how I'm I'm wired. I think it's just important. You have to have relationships. You have to get to know people. You know, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a journey, and you, you never know what's going on in their life. You know. It's, it's, this is kind of off track and stuff, but you know, you'd be driving on the highway and somebody will cut you off or something. And what's your first thought is, Oh, I'm going to get them. You don't know what that person's, you don't know what that person's story is. Maybe they're rushing to a hospital. They've got a family member that's dying. You, you don't know. So that's where I always kind of say, you know what, till you know somebody's story, just don't, don't make a judgment call here. And, well, uh, doesn't that come from your own personal experiences with your family? In yes, many ways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, your wife yep. is your wife's a fighter. Yes, she is that. Yep. And we and everybody, I think everybody is aware of the stories that your wife has uh, battled cancer for a long period yep. of time. And how how is she doing? She's doing great. And you know, you talk about she's a battler and stuff. And I learned so much from her because she's not looking at it as you know pity, pity me that oh I got cancer. She's the other way. She's how can I help somebody else who's got same thing I've got, but might have it worse. You know, she goes to the hospital and she'll see a young lady there that's got a, a baby that's four months old and the, the the mother's got cancer. She's 25 years old. And Becky sits there and says, you know what, I'm here, I'm 60 now and I got five grandchildren. 
I'm not that bad after all compared to this poor lady that's just had a baby and doesn't know what her future is. So it, it's all the perspective you put into things and how can you how can you make somebody else's life joyful today type of thing. Does that help cushion the losses? It, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it does. Yep. Uh, when did you learn perspective along the way? Because we all find a way. Uh, it, it clicks in at some point. Yeah. Um, part of the journey. You know, yeah. I, I always, uh, you know, people always say, you always hear somebody say, well, you know, they're an older person and boy, they got that experience and stuff. And I wish I had that experience. Problem is you you need to go through the experience to get the experience. It's one thing to say, oh, I wish I had the wisdom of Billy Graham. I'd love to have it. But Billy Graham went through, he went through conflict and ups and downs and highs and lows. So you, you everybody has to live it to be able to get that right perspective. And uh, so, like I say, it's, how did I learn it? It's through the highs and the lows. Uh, you know, it starts out, you, you go to junior when you're 16, 17 years old age, you live with a family. And you know, I, I was, I always laugh. I remember Rick Bonus and I would be on the bus. We'd have a bad loss and we'd get on the bus and now we're heading to a charter plane. So it's not that bad, but I'd, I'd sit there and we'd lose a game like seven, two and Rick would be mad. And I said, Rick, you remember those days back in junior and you're riding that bus and Darren, you've been there, Brandon and stuff, riding that bus and you lose a game eight, two and you had about an eight hour bus ride and you put your head against the window and you're saying, I think I should just quit. Why am I here? It's time, time to go home, pack it in. And here we are 50 years later, we're still, still doing it. Now we get to get on a charter plane, so it's not quite as bad, but, but we're still doing it. And like, how many times do you just say, why don't I just go back home and be with my buddies? Yeah. Why am I doing the bus should get back to your place and you'd have to get the equipment off and you'd have to go skate, right? You'd have a morning skate yeah. after an hour bus ride and be all wet. And you're like, why am I doing this? But here we are, we're talking. <laughs> we're, we're and the window is frosted up on the bus yeah, and you're yeah, frosted like up. Yeah. And yeah. you lost the game and the coach not going to let you stop, get a hamburger at the right. hamburger stop, or you get a smaller pizza. And yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. But that's, that's I'm having PTSD journey. right now. Yeah. That's part of the journey, man. Yeah, remember those rides from Brandon to Flin Flon? And yeah. It's just like, and you're sitting there saying, my buddies are back home and you know, they're having fun. And you're here. You are You're What am I doing here? But you got to go through it. You, you yeah. got to go through it. And, and you, you could have quit, but you don't. You're like yeah. the next day you get them and say, yeah, I know I didn't like it, but now I got to get back at it. And that's, that's the way life, that's the way life is. That's great. Well, I got to, I got to tell you, Jimmy, I, uh, I always love having conversations with you. Uh, yeah. I always love to see, I always love seeing you at the rink and uh, you've been, uh, you've been great with us uh, today as you have been great with us every time we've asked. So I, I want to just know how much you're appreciated by uh, our listeners and by the guys on the show. And, uh, can only wish the Dallas Stars good luck this year. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You guys are great guys also. I really enjoy uh, the conversation whenever we get to see each other live too. Uh, and please say hello to Bob for me. Tell him uh, we're praying for him and get well. All right. I will, I will do that. That is Jim Nill, the general manager of the Dallas Stars. Darren and I will be back on the McCowan podcast after this. Well, Darren, I'll tell you what, um, if you didn't like and didn't know Jim Neal before we talked to him, I think you got a pretty good perspective of why we like the guy so much, don't mm -hmm. you think? Yeah, but I also feel in that conversation, it occurred to me, boy, the class of 2024 uh, in Hannah, Alberta, it, it does have some pressure on it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Following up you, with what, all that. What do you think about it? Well, and, and, and I mean... 
But we used to we used to tease Jimmy about you know because it was when, when Jim was playing in Vancouver and Lanny was in Calgary. I mean, there. I mean, how many times do you have two guys of a town of twenty eight hundred playing against each other? But that to me, that's also you know grassroots hockey. That's all. That's yeah. the great story of what hockey's all about is small town Canada, uh, and and players that you know finally get to the show. It's kind of cool. Central Division. Where yeah. does Dallas slot in with sort of a, a changing of the hierarchy in 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 that uh, particular loop? I I think they're one or two. Uh, I think I I really believe that Colorado and Dallas are the are the 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 cream of the crop in the division. I think St. Louis is going through a little bit of a rebuild. Nashville with all the free agents at Barry, they're trying to change the whole life of what a predator is mm -hmm. with Andrew Burnett behind the match. I think Rick bonus in Winnipeg's got some challenges. Uh, the Blackhawks are going to be the Blackhawks. Minnesota to me is one of those wild cards and all this that can they maintain that level, even though the challenges that Billy Guerin has had with the salary cap. And then of course there's Arizona who could surprise us all. So <laughs> it's a, it's a fascinating division of all the divisions. It is the most difficult to predict in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 I think, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious uh, the, the, the teams that are going to improve in the Atlantic. And I think that's pretty obvious what's going to happen in the Metro. The Central Division is, is if, if, if Minnesota won the division, you, we, we shouldn't be surprised. No. I think that the, I, I, there, it's, it's going to be a really tough division. Three or four teams in the playoffs oh. from the central division or, or, or even five. Why not five? Cause I'm going three and it's my question. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that's a fair question. I would, I, I, I would, I'm going to say three right now. Yeah. I'm going to say three. I would say three now. So, all right. Hey, tomorrow, a little off the, uh, off the hockey chart. Are you ready to talk some golf? I love golf. I, I, Instagram, that's all I do is golf tips. I have 4,000 golf tips saved on my Instagram account. Yeah, yeah but do you, you, do you take any of them? No, I go to my buddy, Mike Roberts in PEI, and he gives me a couple of <laughs> tips, and, and then we play a good match. That's that's what usually happens, but, but it passes the time for me. That's all right. You name drop Mike Roberts. That's impressive. You, you know Mike. I know. He's a good man. Yeah. You know what, you know what his big, biggest problem is? He, he's neighbors of Doug like me. <laughs> he's a neighbor of Doug McLean's. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, we are going to go uh, a little different tomorrow. We're going to talk to the RBC Canadian Open champion, Nick Taylor. Really? Which will, yeah. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to pull it out. We're going to pull it out of the bag and yes. hit it down, hit it, hit it uh, dead solid perfect with Nick Taylor tomorrow on the podcast. For Darren, Shannon here. Have a great day.